No, it was an alcoholic, by the way. Just putting that out there. No, it was a drunk, but God used it. God uses ordinary people with problems and he turns them around for something good for him. He built the boat and he saved people, not all the people, just some people that God had told him to, and all the animals from the flood. Another guy that I love the story of, and we were talking about this the other week, is Daniel. You know, Daniel, uh, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. He was thrown into the lion's den for standing up for what he believed in. You know, we talked about this on Sunday night. He wouldn't eat the meats and all that that the king was telling him to eat because he knew that God was saying no. And he went into the lion's den, and the lions lay down, and if you believe everything you read in the children's Bible, he slept on top of them. And it was all nice and pretty, you know. But he, he didn't get eaten, you know. Not that he definitely lay in the and curled in, and you know, the total story and all. But you never know. Um, but the point of the story is, God turned that around. Daniel had his own problems too, you know. God turned that around. You know, there's also the other story related to Daniel around that, all about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and going through the furnace and coming out unhurt, you know. They walked through fire and came out perfectly fine. You know? Uh, David, David and Goliath, um, he knew God was with him and he went and he confronted Goliath. Okay? And I've thought about this before. He took five stones because Goliath had four brothers. So not only was he willing to take on Goliath, but he was prepared for what could come after. Because sometimes when we pull down that, that, that storm and that trouble that we're going through in our lives and we start going all out for Jesus and we start getting sorted out, other things come to try and get us back. And we're not so good at what comes afterwards. We get rid of one problem and we're not so good at getting the ones that come after. But David went with his five stones, got rid of Goliath, and was waiting for the other four brothers to come. But they didn't come because they knew that David had done it with the power of God. Another person who used God's power, who left an impact on the people around him. And the Bible is full of people like that that God has used to have an impact. All of which had their own problems, all of which had their own struggles, and all of which didn't always get it right. But God still used them, and we're still talking about them today. The other person that God used to make the biggest impact was Jesus. Jesus sent his own, or God sent his own son Jesus. Yes. God sent his own son Jesus down here to have the biggest impact he could. And he came to show us what to do and how to love people like he did. Because when he came, he fixed the things that we broke. And I was thinking about this last night. On the night that he was arrested, he was betrayed by the disciples. Okay? But when I thought about that, that, to me, was the second time that we betrayed God and Jesus. Because the first time was way back in Eden. When Adam and Eve took the apple. If they hadn't done that, the world would have been great. But because of our sinfulness, because we are part of that great human race thing, 
you know. Because of that, God had to send Jesus as his solution to fix it. And he sent his son down to die on a cross for us so as we can have the freedom to live and to walk with God like we did back in Eden. And it's up to us whether we choose to embrace that or to ignore it. At the end of the day, it's a true story. And it's whether or not we're willing to accept that and have life to abundance like it tells us in the Bible or whether we choose to reject it and take the consequence that comes with it. Because until it's because of our sin that the world is the way it is. And so many people find it so hard to find to understand that. But that's an impact that has happened because of somebody's actions. But we have the solution in Jesus. And we're still talking about that 2,000 later, 2,000 years later. And unlike those other stories from those other guys that I told you about, their story's over, their Bible bit's done, there's no more to it. The story of Jesus is still being written. But we're the author. We are writing the next part. We are writing what happens. All of this is going into that story. Everything that we do is still going in. Because Jesus told us to go and to tell people about him. To literally be his hands and his feet in the world. To go out, share his love, help the people that are in need and do what he would have done. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All power in heaven and on earth is given to me. So go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have taught you, and I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. The book of Mark records it like this. It says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. I believe all of that. It's up to you whether you do or not. Some people don't. For me, the Bible isn't a book that you can pick and choose what you like. You know, I like that bit, I don't like that, this bit. But to me, it's the living, breathing Word of God. And the Bible is the only book in the world that you can read with the author sitting right beside you. So if you don't understand something, He is right there and you just need to ask. So we are told to go and tell people about the love of Jesus and what he did for us at the cross. That is how we can have an impact on the world. That is how we can, that is one of the ways that we can say thank you to Jesus for what he did. But my question is, do we really understand what he did for us? Do we really understand what it meant? Have we really got a grip of it? Have we actually thought about it? 
Or do we spend more time thinking about Snapchat or Facebook or Twitter or whatever else is going on than we do about trying to understand God, the one who created us? Because I guarantee the majority of people could tell you more about how Twitter works than they could about God. And that's the thing. Is we really need to get to grips with the love of God. And in your pack, there's a red card. And on that red card, it, it sets us out for you even more in four steps about how to understand that. The reason it's red is because it's to represent the blood of Jesus. Everything's symbolic. Everything ties together. Don't think things happen by coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. The other question then is, do we really believe that God loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us? Do we really believe it? Or do they just say, yeah, I believe it, just so people don't lecture us? My hope and my prayer is that everyone that I know will be saved and that will come to know Jesus. That is all I want from life. And that is what I have sold my life out to do. I have stuff that I want to do with my life. But I know that none of that is what God is telling me to do. And sometimes I know that people look at me and think, it's so easy. But you know what, it's not. Because when you're following God, you've made an instant enemy of the devil. And the more and more you're following his plan and his purpose for your life, the more and more he's out to get you. Do I believe that my iPad being stolen this week is a coincidence? No. Do I believe the fact that last week, while I was preparing for the youth weekend, my girlfriend walked into the office and said it was over? Do I believe that was a coincidence? No. Do I believe any of the stuff that has happened to me in the past week is a coincidence? I don't. I believe it was all to try and take my focus off this weekend. Because I have been praying for this for a year. And I know that each and every person here is meant to be here. And I am so excited that you are all here. And I know that some of you will think that I am just the creepy guy that pesters you to come on the youth weekend just to get his numbers up. <laughs> but I knew, I had that number in my head, and I knew that it was God. I knew that we were meant to be here together. You know, it's so easy to walk away and just say, Do you know what, that's it. And at times, I will admit, I have felt like that. And I know at times you guys feel like that too. You feel like you just want to give it all up. But it's in those hard times that you need to remember that you are doing something right. That you are having an impact. The majority of the people in this room went on the youth weekend last year. You all left, fired up, ready to go out and tell people about God. And God help anyone who got in your way. But yet here we are, just under a year later, and we're back to where we were before we started.
And that's not a criticism. That's the reality of the world we live in. We have to fight so hard for this. Laura, can I have some water? So, my next question. You think I was becoming a Presbyterian with all these points. Can we become a people of impact when we struggle and fall short of what God has for us? Thank you. Okay, can we become a people of impact when we struggle and fall short of what God has for us? Of course we can. It's about how you react to the situation. Okay? When things go wrong, it's how you react. It's all in your reaction. You need to represent Christ and do what he has for you to do. And can we truly be the hands and feet of Jesus, sharing God's love when we don't always love ourselves and think we aren't good enough? That's the question of the week. I love this question. Too many people say to me, I don't get God, I don't understand. I don't know how to relate to this. Generally, my answer is one of two things. A lot of people struggle. You find a lot of people from a single parent family where there's no dad will struggle to relate to God as their father because they don't know what that's like. I've struggled with that. I have struggled and I have spent time on my bedroom floor crying out to God saying, I don't know how to relate to you. But if you keep pressing through, it will come. So that's the first reason that I believe a lot of people struggle to connect with God. And the other is, you cannot understand how God, who you have never met face to face, because you've all met him, he's with you right now. How he can love you when you struggle to love yourself. And the thing is, that God loves you unconditionally. doesn't care what you've done, what you've said. As long as you're sorry for that, then he wants you back. He wants you back anyway. And the thing is, we've got to love ourselves. There's a video that we're about to play. It's tough. I definitely nearly cried twice watching this. But it really explains what I'm trying to say, and then we'll come back to it.
joy will change you. You are full of more amazing qualities, traits, and virtues than you could ever imagine, given to you by the Lord who loves you, who loves you, who loves you no matter who you are, whether you're a big man on campus or a small ass back home, whether you like swimming baseball or you like swimming dancing, whether you're the fastest or the slowest, the tallest or the shortest, the skinniest or even the whether you're captain of the team or last one day, whether your dad has to beat up his dad or you never had anyone in your life who could fill that role, whether you're the champion of champions or you feel like the loser of losers, regardless of who you may think you are, the reality is, is that you have a responsibility because you have a power inside you. A power that was formed before the beginning of time in a secret place by the God of the universe.
Straight away, one of them replied that he was nearly in tears because he had felt like the loser of losers. And he said, but I am. And he couldn't get to grips with the fact that he wasn't. Or the fact that God thought amazing things of him. Because that's the way he's been told he is. That's what people have told him. And that's what he's taken in. And that's what he's allowed to grow inside him. From that video, we learn that we are strong. Even though we don't feel like it, we're all strong. We're all capable. We're all part of the Lord's most valuable creation. He created us. And we are valuable to him. We all have ability. I know at times, and it really does my head in, that some of you guys are told that you have no ability, that you're stupid, that you're going to amount to nothing. But I'm telling you right now, that's a lie. Because at 11 years old, I was told that. But I would go to school, <laughs> maybe get to GCSEs, and that was me. I would love to meet my old primary school headmaster and just hand him my degree and walk away. He told me that if I went to the high school that I picked, that I would fail dramatically. If I hadn't gone there, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Because I wouldn't have met the people that introduced me to Jesus properly. So guys, don't even think that God isn't working right now in the background, because he is. You have ability, you have potential, you have talents and you have gifts. And when people tell you otherwise, you need to look them in the face and you need to tell them they're wrong. If that's a teacher, do it in a nice way that you're not going to get into trouble. Okay, because, you know, that could be a bit dodgy. But you all have ability and you all have potential. It's about unlocking that and you believe in that yourself. Your talents will change people. You have a talent that will change people. That may not be in a big way, that could be in a small way. I heard a story not so long ago about a guy who was driving along a road to go and jump off a bridge and he stopped to let someone out and the guy just smiled, wound out his window and said thank you and he said something in him just clicked. He doesn't know who that guy is and that guy will never know the impact he had on his life. So he just thought, you know what, there are nice people in this world and he went and got help. And sometimes it is really things like that. Holding the door open for the old lady in the supermarket even though she's taking 62 years to get out of your way. It's just small things like that. You can be the champion of champions. You can be. But you have to believe in yourself. We're back to this one, the loser of losers. That's a lie. Nobody's a loser. God loves everybody. 
แอปเปิลมันเป็นวันไหนอันดับก็น่าสังเกตสังเกตเลยเลสเซอร์เลสเซอร์ก็จะมีเหตุผลเหตุผลที่คนทั้งหลายไม่ให้เด็กเลสเซอร์ให้เด็กสตูปิดให้เด็กนิวเบลลี่ให้เด็กคันเป็นรักด้วยอะไรบ้างอันนั้นเบรกส์ไม่หัวเพราะฉะนั้นที่เขาจริงจริงเชื่อในตัวเองและบางทีฉันคิดว่าคุณจะเห็นและคุณจะรู้ได้ไหมเพราะฉะนั้นตาเป็นประตูของคุณและบางทีถ้าคุณได้ยินว่าคุณคิดว่าคุณจะเห็นสิ่งที่จะเกิดขึ้นกับคุณและคุณจะรู้ได้ไหมเพราะฉะนั้นตาเป็นประตูของคุณและคุณจะรู้ได้ไหมเพราะฉะนั้นตาเป็นประตูของคุณและคุณจะรู้ได้ไหมเพราะฉะนั้นตาเป็นประตูของคุณและคุณจะรู้ได้ไหมเพราะฉะนั้นตาเป็นประตูของคุณและคุณจะรู้ได้ไหมเพราะฉะนั้นตาเป็นประตูของคุณและคุณจะรู้ได้ไหมเพราะฉะนั้นตาเป็นประตูของคุณและคุณจะรู้ได้ไหมเพราะฉะนั้นตาเป็นประตูของคุณและคุณจะรู้ได้ Colossians three three says you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. He went to that cross. He took your life and he died for it. He died for you. You have that power inside of you. So guys, build each other up and and help each other to bring change. You know, and the last one. The voices in your head that tell you you can't do it. Don't listen to them, because they're lies and they're from the enemy. Listen to God. And I know a lot of you guys have come to me over the past few weeks and asked me, oh, "How do we listen to God? What do we do?" This weekend, there's loads of stuff in the prayer room to help you to do that. We'll pray. The leaders will pray with you. We'll talk with you through it. We want you to connect with God in new ways this weekend. Let me say this: there is no doubt about it. God loves you, and He's all over you. His Spirit is all over you. He is closer to you than your skin is, and He cares about everything that goes on in your life. Christ lives in you, but will you let him out, or are you going to keep him in that box that you've hidden? Are you ready to go out and be a people of impact and make a change on your world? First John four four says, "You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you." Is greater than the one who is in the world. Philippians one six says, "Be confident of this: that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ." God has started a work. He started that work over two thousand years ago on the cross, and he will carry that on until he comes back to take us to heaven with him. My challenge for you now is to go and to be the people of impact. Please go and be one of those people that brings the change on this world, because we need them. We don't need any more people willing to pull this world down. Don't be somebody that pulls people down. And I know it's hard to be nice to everyone all the time, especially when it's your brother or your sister. But please build each other up. 
one day your brother and your sister are going to be all you have left. And it was when my mum said that to me that I realised I need to stop pulling my sister down. So what do we need to sort out in our own lives to help us in the journey? And are we truly ready to surrender all to Jesus and to say, let your kingdom come and use me as your hands and feet? Guys, if again, let's leave here as champions who have overcome the stuff that we came here with. All those problems and struggles and temptations and trials and wrong thoughts about ourselves, let's leave them here in Anna Long, in the back end of nowhere, where 90% of us got lost coming to, where no one will find them. So let's leave them here. Let's bury them here. And let's leave here as champions. Let's go back and let's storm the Presbyterian Church go, Whoa, I'm 82 years old, but I want to go and meet again next year if that's the way you come back. Okay? Let's go back and let people see a difference in us. Let's go back to school on Monday morning. I'm off work, by the way, just thought I'd let you know. And go in and show them that you have changed. Let's be a difference in the world. And we're going to talk more about that as the weekend goes on. And we've got some really, really exciting stuff planned as to how we can do that. But first, let's get the 17 people in this room. Let's be honest with each other. Let's be vulnerable. Let's be willing to hand stuff over to God. Let's get powered up. Let's get the knowledge we need. Let's go out and find one person each. That's another 17 and take it forward like that. Let's go out and make a change. That is what being the hands and feet of Jesus really means.